When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, yeah, welcome to the program. It is the summer edition. I was going to say it's a la- It's not the last one. It's the last one that I'm doing. But then Joel and Fletcher are doing the summer edition of the breakfast show next week, and then the week after that, we've got the summer edition of Julian King and Jaleesa Apps coming in. So, but today it's a different team as well, and I use the word team loosely. Obviously, basically a collection of individuals here on a Friday morning. Doing the breakfast show. Uh, no J.A., no Jaleesa Apps. Last seen walking down the main street of Ride eating a potato and gravy from KFC after she wore the KFC tray. She had it on all day too. She was showing photographic evidence of having it on all day. And I know, I know, the co-host from today is shaking his head and well might he because I'm talking about the man who's very careful about what he puts into his body, James the Missile Magnuson. Hello, Missile. Morning, Jimmy. Uh, did you ever see across social media some of Jaleesa's work and more importantly, what Jaleesa was wearing yesterday? Yes, I saw what <laughs> J.A. was wearing. Right. Big fan of the Colonel, J.A. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was an all-out blatant attempt to get some free chicken yeah. over the course of a 12-month yep. period. Yep. I'm not sure how she went with that, but but we wait and see. So very different the diet today, let's put it that way. And speaking of... We're going to have a chat with Anthony Minicello. Now, this will be right up your alley, mate, won't it? Because it's all about what food the Sydney Roosters are going to be consuming in 2023. It's funny because I, I reckon I was driving to Newcastle to call a game and you and Joel were talking about, you know, getting that little bit extra out of players yeah, and right. all that sort yep. of thing. Yep. And I reckon something like food falls right into that category. Thoughts on that? Love this stuff. Uh, I've actually been um, crossing paths with Brendan Smith, seeing the cheese down at uh, North Bondi. Okay. The grassy Knoll quite a bit. And he has... Uh, that, that's uh, Brian Fletcher's hill, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he is looking trim. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's looking trim. You can see, like, the outline of abs starting to show Don't through. tell me there's rib- <laughs> he has ribs. Yeah. Wow. Um, so whatever they're doing there with Mini is working, but I've long thought that this is... Probably one of the final frontiers for high performance in rugby league mm. um, is getting these players into physical shape that I think can take them to the next level. Yep. The Roosters spoke a lot about it in 2013, I think it was, when Sonny Bill came back. They won the comp. They were yes. massive on this stuff. One of my mates was playing lower grades there at the time, and he said it went right through the club from the top down. They were so strict on this stuff. I was living with him at the time. And uh, they even had him on a specific diet and the sort of weight training that he was doing at the time being part of the club. So it's good to see that they've gone back to that. Um, I I think it's a huge step in the right direction for the Roosters. So they did it 2018 as well. And then uh, based on the article from Christian Nicoluzzi around this, and this is what we can ask Minnie today, uh, Coach Trent Robinson felt there was just a slipping in standards Mm. and said, right, we're going to ramp it up again. Yeah, well, you think it's the the, the turnover you have of the roster. It's completely different players. True. So time to refresh, get Minnie back in there. Minnie's, he's got the secret to ageing, I reckon. The the bloke looks... That's ridiculous. He looks... 25. I saw him again around the eastern suburbs, and he does not age. 
as at a, all. As a mate of mine, so there was a photo of Anthony Minicello running sprints between something like it was like 20, 2008, maybe 2010. Um, and it's shirt off back page. And yeah. as the mate of mine said, if I look like that, I'd burn every T-shirt I <laughs> <laughs> And here we are 12 years or 13 years he later and same. nothing's changed. He looks the same. You know, he used to get up every morning when he had those back issues. So he was best player in the world, Golden Boot yep. winner 2005, missed so much footy for three years, back issues. So after yep. that, he would get up every day, every day and stretch for an hour before going to training. Love that. Love it's, that. I think he's the epitome of making the most of the body you've got and just getting every every last skerrick of talent out of your body. And he's a great example of what you can do if you just tick every single box uh, of high performance. Totally agree with that. Uh, so give us your thoughts on that. Give us your thoughts on what your diet might look like. I'm talking to the, you, the listeners. You don't know what mine looks like. Uh, <laughs> Mark Woodford, tennis legend. He's going to be on as well. Some great tennis last night. There'll be even mm, greater, well, not greater, but as great tennis tonight as well. Rugby sevens player, Dominic Dutoy. Hey, Dominic, uh, you didn't, I think you went in. No, Dom came in uh, and did a morning with us. Because nice. she's a media student. She's completed her degree from UTS. She also happens to be a superstar for the Australian women's sevens team who were all conquering until last week, basically, when they got bundled out in the semifinal stage by the USA. But uh, she's a star. They've got a game tonight. Have you got any interest in going out to uh, Allianz Stadium, the brand-new stadium, and, and checking out what's happening for the for the sevens, men's and women's? I wouldn't mind it. I actually presented the jerseys to the women's seven team um, one year before the Sydney sevens. Um, okay. So met, met all those girls. Um, that would have been pre-COVID, so 2020. They haven't played since 2020. They haven't played here in Australia since 2020 because of COVID. There and, you go. And, yeah. So it's there the first go. time back. I don't think Dom has played in... Uh, a sevens game for Australia in front of an Australian crowd. Wow. That was at uh, the new Parramatta Stadium that yes. year. Yep. It's a bit of fun. It's a lot of dress up. It's oh, good fun. Yeah, I went out there and watched one of the days. It was awesome. Great got, crowd involvement. It's got very Magnuson vibes, I reckon. <laughs> that, that, that whole event, I would have thought. Uh, Hammy Goodman will be along for a chat as well. If you're listening to us in Sydney, you're doing it via 11.70am, 8.01am on the Central Coast. 15.75am in the Illawarra, 90.3 FM in Griffith, 13.23am in Canberra. If you're north of the border, hang on, hang on. Patton Heels will be there, 6am your time. In the meantime, you're listening via SENQ, 6.93am in Brizzy, SEN 16.20am in the Goldie, SEN track through the regional Queensland. And you want to get us on the podcast, you can do that. Just search your favourite podcast platform, Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. So I mentioned Mark Woodford, Anthony Minicello, Dominic Dutoy and Hammy Goodman will be along for a chat. Right, let's get into this Aussie Open update thanks to Bingley. Are you a tennis fan, James Magnuson? You've been watching this last couple of weeks. I'm a tennis fan for two weeks of the year about this time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm a little more interested this year. I watched the doco on Netflix. Ah, yes. Yes. Do you watch that? No, not yet. It's interesting. Uh, it's very surprising. And I think it's... In what a, way? I was really surprised at the mental fragility of tennis players. I was sitting there watching it going, these guys have the resilience of an eight-year-old child. Wow. Because I was talking to some of these players as they sort of stepped through. And this this isn't the big dogs. This isn't Federer, Nadal, uh, Djokovic. This is 
what they're calling the next generation yep. of tennis stars. So give us an EG. So, um, well, Kyrgios. Kyrgios, Kyrgios is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Tom Ljanovic is one of them too, isn't she? Tom Ljanovic, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, Taylor Fritz, the American. Right. Um, there's the Canadian guy. I can't remember his name. The younger players, who, yep. who's going to take over the, the throne, basically? And they, they chat through some of these games, and the way they just throw it away, they go, oh, I just knew today that I wasn't hitting the ball right. I knew it was done. Uh. Or the momentum swung, and from there I knew the game was over. We're talking about a five-set game. They're, they're second set in, and they're saying, I, I just knew it was over. I'm like, where's the resilience? Yeah. It's, and they do live strange lives, tennis players, where a lot of them – kind of leave school early because it's just there's the junior tour yep and i was just really surprised but it did give me a little bit of extra interest in this australian open arena sabalenka and alina rybakina will play in the women's singles final that's going to be tomorrow night now rybakina is the defending wimbledon champ so she's been Mm. there done that but talk about when you start talking about mental fragility that's right in arena sabalenka's wheelhouse because that's what she's done she this is the first final she's ever made she made four semi-finals previously couldn't get through to a final so it was a breakthrough win last night for her but this is where i find it really interesting we talked to uh, brett phillips about it and he talks about the journey that they're on so this magda who was it magda lynette she's 30 years of age and this is the furthest she's gone into a Grand Slam ever, like mm. significantly. And it, you wonder why, what journey. Like they're not all Martina Hingis and winning Grand Slams at 16. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're, they're not. They're different in regards yeah. to that. And, I, mate, it's funny you mentioned that around because I was – remember Dasher? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Dasher. And I, I used to watch her play and think, you are the most mentally fragile person I've ever seen on a tennis court. Yeah. I had all these skills, no doubt about it. No doubt trained hard. You could almost, and this is going to sound a little cruel, but Sam Stoza, some of her, yeah. the language you used to hear out of Sam Stoza was, how did you beat Serena Williams in a Grand Slam final at, in New York? Yeah. Like, yeah. But you did it. Yeah. But some of the things you, you hear her say and you just go, oh, no. I'd I'd highly recommend watching this uh, tennis doco because I was, I, I guess I haven't s- spent a lot of time talking to tennis players about competing yep. and about um, their game, and I was just shocked. And I was I was actually talking. My girlfriend was in New York at the time, and I was texting her saying, "Have you seen this tennis doco?" She goes, "Yeah, they're a bit mentally weak, aren't they?" Oh wow, she, she picked it up it straight, straight away. Me, yeah, because she's like. When it comes to that side of performance and stuff, I was um, pretty hardcore with that stuff and Were like you? very single-minded and yep. would work on that year round because when the time came, I only had 47 seconds to be in the right headspace. Yep. So I had to be switched on. It's probably harder for – it's definitely harder for these tennis players who have to stay switched on for up to five hours. But So uh, actually some would say it's easier because you, you actually have to get it right. You get that one opportunity. Yeah, to get it right. yeah, yeah, and it's an interesting one, right? So I, I just see it as a huge area for improvement for these young players up and coming. They've all, they're all talented, but I'd be spending way more time on that mental uh, toughness side of it. Totally, totally agree with you. So my wife, being a former tennis player, talk, talks about it a lot about how she was at the time and what she could should have been. Mm. You know where where she was at yeah. mentally. You know, the thought process and all that. Have you seen – I don't. I think it was in that because a mate of mine's clipped it up. Uh, got a shout-out to Paul Wilde, the gutter Gata's gutter Gata, but he loves it. It's it's. I think it's before a French Open final. It might be just a match, and the, there's one player there waiting to go out, 
and Rafael Nadal is behind him. Running. And he's a bull. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. a bull. Yeah. And you're thinking, that bloke's beaten before he walks out Oh, there. absolutely. I think it was Kasper Ruud, the, the Norwegian, who's right. now ranked number two in the world. He gets beaten by Nadal in that match in straight sets. They talked to him after the game, and he said, I just hope I never have to play Rafa in a final at Roland Garros again because he's unbeatable on clay. That's all I have to hope for. And I go, Rafa's that's done. Rent that's, free. That's, that's number two in the world. <laughs> yes. Casper yeah, Ruud. Right. And he says, the, the interviewer says, how do you beat Rafa on clay? And he says, I just hope I don't ever have to play him because I can't beat him. He's unbeatable. He's not unbeatable. The guy's human, but that's the, that's the mindset. Lots to unpack there oh. for that. <laughs> get on the couch. Come over here. Get on the couch. We've got, we've got some work to do. So Rybakina beat Victoria as a ranker, 7-6-6-3. I won't say she beat herself as a ranker, but and Rybakina's got a serve that would um, surpass many on the men's side of the oh, ball. Oh, yeah. She, she's, she's a, a very good player. Yep. What's interesting, though... It, um, Azarenka is 33 years of age, a two-time champion, albeit you know a decade ago. But uh, now a mother. Um, she was asked questions in the post game, and, and a lot of them at times aren't related to tennis. For example, there's been a, a lot of scrutiny about a lot of the Russian and Belarusian players here, and I'm sure even if you weren't looking at social, you would have seen there was an incident with Novak's um, dad last night. Do do you think there are other players who, who get impacted by it? Other players get impacted by what? Distractions out of their hands and, and the constant sort of news and talk about I know, mean, issues. News, like news are coming from who? Well, from everyone. <laughs> social we, media. You were here talking. talking about it right now, so you, obviously it's a topic that you want to continue to bring up. What do you want me to say? Are you able to distance yourself from completely? Does it concern you at all? I, I don't know what you guys want us to do about it. Like, talk about it. I, 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 don't, I don't know what's, what's the goal here that um, is continuously brought up and uh, these incidents that, in my opinion, have nothing to do with players, but somehow you keep dragging players into it. What's the goal here? I think you should ask yourself that question, not me. So six love, six love to Azarenka in that one. But it's interesting, isn't it? She's the 33-year-old. She's really well-equipped to deal with that sort of question. Yeah. Um, But you just – like she makes a – what do you want – what do you want the players to do here? So if you put your journalist cap on or you there, you want to grab out of them that's going to go global, right? That, that, that's what you want out of them. Yeah. And, and she was too smart to, to get involved in that. What do you want her to say? She's Russian. She's from Russia. Do you want her to, to hammer her own country and then go back and get disappeared when she comes back to her home country? Yeah. Like I it's, mean, that's it's, what, too, yeah. it's too dangerous for her to say anything, but... Um, Oh, yeah, I, I don't know what what you want her to respond as an athlete. I, I'm I feel I feel awkward. I feel almost a little bit embarrassed listening to that coming from an Australian journalist because I just think to put an athlete in that position to try and get her to to get a sound grab about her own country, which is potentially dangerous, is just almost I irresponsible. I don't like that line yep. of questioning because it, yep. it it can be potentially dangerous and. I find it hard to listen to. It's on the back of the Ukraine's ambassador to Australia demanding that Novak Djokovic's father be banned from the Australian Open. Now, this is after pictures emerged of uh, a group of Vladimir Putin supporters. So they they had a Russian flag with Vladimir's face on the flag. And Novak's father walked over, got a photo, Mm. and walked away basically saying, cheers to all Russians, Mm. uh, the equivalent of it. Um, The problem I have with that, um, there's – 
there's a little bit of video. There's a there's a a photo obviously going around. But the point is, give me context. Yeah. Give me context. I'm with you. How, like, did he go over and like were they hassling? He just goes over. I'll get a photo. Did he even go? Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, hang on. That's Vladimir Putin's face on the flag. Oh, and, and have you ever walked away from a bunch of Kiwis and go, "Hey, the Kiwis." Like, what, yeah, give me yeah, context. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, no doubt they were asking him for a photo. He's not going asking members <laughs> of the crowd for photos. That's like, right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll have oh, – I was going to say, we'll have to get to the bottom of that. We won't because we, we won't have context. <laughs> we don't have Novak's father on the line today. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's the Aussie Open update thanks to Bing Lee. We do have Mark Woodford on the line, so we'll have a chat to him about that. BBL update thanks to Izuzu. Live your own way in the Izuzu D-Max. Do you get interested in cricket for six weeks of the year? Probably this one week, <laughs> <laughs> the finals. It seems to have dragged – like. I flick on and off, but it seems to have dragged on for a long time. But now I'll tune in that the finals are up and about. Uh, Dougie Bollinger and myself calling the Eliminator from the Sydney Showground tonight. Sydney Thunder taking on the Brisbane Heat. The winners goes to the knockout. That's Melbourne Renegades on Sunday at Marvel. But in the meantime, Saturday night, the Perth Scorchers hosting the Sydney Sixers at Optus Stadium. Steve Smith playing in that one. That's absolutely huge. But back page article today from Benny Horn in the Daily Telegraph and News Limited papers, Iron Mike, anger as stars hit for on-air comments. So Moses Enriquez got hit under the chin by a ball uh, that had bounced from a bounce throw. He came up, I think it might have come off, off the keeper's off glove. Off the keeper's glove. Yeah, yeah, hit him yeah. in, and he um, swore. Okay. Mike on, fined $5,000 by Cricket Australia. You're kidding. No, I kid you not. <laughs> Uh, David Warner, pa- I didn't hear because we were calling that game as well. Apparently, had a joke about the umpires in the Sydney Smash, five thousand dollars. Wow! So basically, the Sydney Sixers have said we are not miking up Moses Enriquez anymore because if he gets another fine, he's hit with a suspension as well, and we lose him for games. So crowds are or crowds, um, audiences up thirty percent on Fox. For BBL, audience is up overall 10%. Like, it's just been a, I don't know how, a breakthrough year for the BBL. They're back, baby, right? And then you do this. I can really see why the players are going, oh, leave me out of it. Yeah, big time. It it, it happens in the NRL when they put the cameras in the sheds and stuff like that as well. You want all the access, but you want to take out all the, well, the the parts of sport that exist, right? When you get hit, you swear. Yeah. When you stub your toe walking around the house, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's you're right. not mic'd up, but <laughs> let me tell you. Thank heavens. <laughs> what do they expect? Uh, it's it's a little bit like that. Here's the here's the other one, and I don't I don't know it I heard it and I thought, did I just hear what I heard? And and then so Did he go big? Or just a little one? Who's that? Moses. Did he really let rip and a few? So I didn't hear that. Or? I was calling that oh. one as well. But so it's like that one I didn't hear. That one I didn't didn't hear, and they've been fined. The one I did hear was Aaron Finch playing for the Melbourne Renegades, right? And yeah. his and I just had to check what I heard. Farwood Ahmed had bowled his overs out four overs. Worst fielder easily in the team, maybe the competition. Yeah, wants to get him off. Like you got a tight finish, uh, get your worst fielder off. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. He walks up to him, still mic'd up, open mic, and says, how's your knee feeling? Your knee not feeling good? You better go off. Oh. Farwad didn't know his knee was bad. <laughs> then he limped off. Wow. And they had an interchange player. There you go. Come on. And I'm like, if you want to, like, if you're thinking about 
where the rules have been breached and yeah. the, the gamesmanship, unsportsmanlike conduct, Exhibit A. Very interesting. But heard nothing about that. So, you know, Moses Enrique is swearing when the ball hits him in the chin. You know what? Well, I can cop that. Oh, absolutely. But but this one, where you're looking at the integrity of the game, nothing mentioned. I thought mm. that was a little bit strange. Anyway, have your thoughts on that. Uh, the powerful Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu Ute dealer today. We've got football action from last night. Sydney FC get the win over the Melbourne victory. The NBL was on as well. The Breakers absolutely smashed the bullets. We'll talk about that. We've got the Kings' last regular season game this Sunday afternoon at Kudos Bank Arena. And we've got a couple of prizes to give away as well. A Signet Boost Power Bank and we've got the $100 tennis only voucher. We'll give those out throughout the course of the show. We've got to get ourselves to a break. We're off and running. This is Summer Breakfast with Jimmy and James. It is the summer edition. It's the missile, James Magnuson and me, Jimmy Smith. So Sydney FC 2-1 over Melbourne victory. They're up 1-0 victory. Uh, and there were fans back in the stadium last night. So this eases the pressure on Steve Corica. Corica under pressure at Sydney FC. Of course, a lot of speculation around Dwight York and given the fact that he was no longer with MacArthur and being a former Sydney FC. I think he provided, I think Dwight York provided the assist for Steve Corica for he him to score in the very first grand final of the A-League. And Sydney FC famously won that 1-0 in front of about 43,000 people at um, Allianz Stadium. Hey, here's one that I thought we'd get your thoughts on before we go to the news, and then we'll get thoughts from the listeners, 0457-736-736. The IOC has announced it wants Russians and Belarusians to compete at the 2024 Paris Olympics as neutral athletes. It comes in defiance of Ukrainian President Zelensky, who had called on the IOC to exclude them entirely. Don't they, haven't they been competing? The last two Olympics under, I think it's like other Olympic countries, or OOC, I think it is, other Olympic countries. Right. The Olympic flag would. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And that was, that was not for uh, starting wars. That was for drug issues. Yes. Um, It was prolific over there. You saw on that documentary, Icarus, it was state funded doping. (laughs) Yes. Of nearly across the board, all yeah. athletes. So it's going to have no impact really. Uh, and, but you can't punish. Like what, what do you do if you're an athlete and you just happen to be born in Russia? It was your dream your whole life to go to the Olympic Games. You've trained your whole life. And then because you've got some crazy dictator running your country, you can't yeah. compete at an Olympics. It's well, not the athlete's fault. Azarenka had the, the white flag white, yeah. last night. Yeah. And, and, and she's Russian, but she's lived in America, I, I would have thought. She she's yeah, based herself a lot over there. A lot of Olympic athletes uh, from Russia um, live and compete in America as well, go to co- the college system Co- in America, yep. um, particularly athletes, uh, runners and swimmers. Um, so it, it's, it's, it gets murky, but you can't punish the athletes for the government's decisions. Get your thoughts on that, one three. Imagine if we were held responsible for what Scott Morrison did. Anyway, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. 1170 736 736 A break and then back with more. It certainly is. Thank you, Vanessa. Welcome back. This is Summer Breakfast. We're here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Bryden's Lawyers. And reminder, Joel and Fletch taking over breakfast for a week. It begins on Monday. That'll be from 6 a.m. Right. Time to have your say. 0457 736 
Seven three six. Get us on the open line as well. You want to give us a call? You can one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Email uh, text message here from Alan Belford Jones, who won the Signet Power Boost a little bit earlier, which uh, won't get to today. Thank new, you. New listener on SEN. Yep. I haven't heard from Alan before. Yes, yes, he's been. Uh, how would I? Uh, over the last couple of weeks, I think he's been uh, been quite prolific. So, uh, thank you for that one. Uh, morning, Jimmy and the missile. Do you think the mental fragility of tennis players stems from being so talented from a young age, getting told how good they are yes. and getting ways uh, wins as they progress up the pro ranks? Green yes. keeping rooster. He's onto it. He's onto it. They, they do the junior tour as well. It almost yes. mirrors the senior one, doesn't it? Uh, I don't think they play anywhere as many but there was. But they do the slams. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. So to to be travelling around the world from that young age, you don't have a normal upbringing. You no. can't be doing normal schooling. You probably no. don't have the friendship groups that you develop as being a normal teen or young child. The one thing that I did see, bar none, all of these players were surrounded by yes men. Yeah. They've got their corner or their group, and they're all just yes, yes, yes. Do this, yes, do that. And there was one, there was one scene. I, I can't remember the name of it, uh, the player. She's a Greek player, and she was just capitulating in the in this final. And she starts yelling at her box, and they they interviewed the box afterwards. Uh, I think it was her, her hitting partner and her her mindset coach or something like that. And he said, "Oh, she's gone here. Like th- this is going downhill." And she's just abusing him, and he's just sitting there you know, shrugging. And then after the game, oh, you did so well. Oh, that that was unlucky. You know, they're just surrounded. No one's just sitting there saying, pull your head in, yeah. get back in the fight. It was, yeah, I think that they play a big part in it, surrounding themselves with yes men. A huge part. Of it. And here's the, here's the issue. If you say no, if you say you were mentally fragile, you're, not, you you're, not, you're not part yeah, of the entourage. Yeah. And it's, it's a bit of a meal ticket, isn't it? They fly all around the world with this one player. They have their, all their expenses paid for. So it's it's a very interesting sport. I, I'd never looked into it that deeply, but it's very interesting. So here's the, the interesting one they were talking about at the start, and I missed the start of it. And, and um, when we started watching it last night as a ranker, and, they, and Tracy said, the guy in the box there, her physio, is actually a former footballer from Australia. I'm like, really? Okay. So I read about it. Alex Obst. Played five games in the AFL, went back to South Australia, played, you know, had a successful career in the uh, the SAFL uh, or South yeah. Australia, whatever they call it yep. over there. Uh, and and it became a physio. And he was – an email came through and they said uh, to his physiotherapy practice and said, oh, there's a pl- tool player that wants to get some work done. And he went, mm. oh, I'll get someone else to do it. Not interested. And then the person who wrote the email rang him up and said, hey, mate, I really think you should have a look. It's Victoria Azarenka, former world number one and two-time – yeah. Um, slam uh, winner. And he went, yeah. oh, righto. So he did whatever work he went and, and she won that day. And then she said, right, can you do that again? I want you to, uh, yeah, yep, do it again. Yeah. And she said, right, I'm, I'm still, I'm winning again. He said, no, I'm getting married. <laughs> I'm getting, I can't, I'm getting married this Saturday. Anyway, yeah. had the, and she went, oh, apologies, sorry, I forgot you told me about that. Anyway, before she flew to Melbourne out of Adelaide, this was last year. Yeah. Uh, she ra- she said, "Look, can you come down and give me another session on this physiotherapy?" And and his wife said, <laughs> "Wife of twenty four hours said, yeah, go just anyway." Then he went to Melbourne. Now he's full time with her. But the interesting part Does of he it, travel, he must. Okay. A- and so now you go. Well, how does he get remunerated? Like, what does that look like? Because often with the coach, it's a retainer plus 
percentage of winnings, which is fine if you're a top 40 player, top 20 player. Mm. But what about those people who are 78 in the world, who need the coach and need the physio? They yeah. can't afford to be doing that. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? So, And why didn't she have an own physio with her before that? Maybe she did, but she liked this one better. Mm. Like, you know, and, and maybe if for whatever reason, I mm. don't know, whether it's someone's going, oh, well, hang on, you need this, this and this, as opposed to the one going, oh, no, you're great, Vicar. I've got a very interesting story around something like that. So my girlfriend's dad is the physio for the Australian swim team. And, oh, that's uh, all very convenient. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> and uh, in America, they don't have uh, physiotherapists. They have, uh, I think they call them physical therapists, right. and chiropractors. But physiotherapy sits in kind of this middle spot where they, they don't have it in America. So often when Americans come to race in Australia and stuff, they'll see physios, they love physios, and sometimes they'll see, they'll get Australian physios to go overseas right. or go with the American swim teams because they just don't have that exact line of work in America, which is surprising, right? But it's, yeah. a, it's kind of a specialist thing. Anyway, uh, my girlfriend's dad, I think, it, I think it's at a world championships or it could be an Olympics, Pampax, whatever it is, and the final of the women's 100 freestyles coming up. For Australia, we've got Libby Trickett yep. in that final, and she's one of the favourites to win, if not the favourite. Uh, from America, they had uh, Jenny Thompson. Right. I don't know if you remember Legend. Jenny Thompson. Legend swimmer. Yeah. Anyway, Jenny Thompson comes to the pool, and she's got a wry neck, can't turn her head, and she's just fully busted, tries to warm up, can't swim, wow. just cannot turn her head to breathe because yep. she's got a wry neck. And the, the, the therapist in the American team can't fix it. We can't can't get it going. She's going to have to pull out of the final. So Libby Trickett is pretty much guaranteed gold if Jenny Thompson doesn't swim. Jenny Thompson comes to the Australian team because she's heard of my girlfriend's daddy's really good physio and says, can you fix my neck before wow. this final? Okay, okay. And he goes... Conflicted. Well, yeah, I can. <laughs> I, I can fix a right neck. I can at least fix it to the point where you can breathe. Yeah. So, but he's a bit morally conflicted. Anyway, yeah. he, he decides the best thing to do is to do the right thing and, and fix her neck. So he fixes Jenny Thompson's neck and she goes on to win this race. I think it was a world championships. Anyway, she beats Libby. Libby's fine about it. She's a great person. She understands, you know, she didn't want to win the race. Right. Without, yep. Beat the best. But yeah. in terms of, you know, medal tally, Australian pride, all that stuff, he could have just said, oh, can't help you. And, and Jenny Thompson wouldn't have been able to swim in that race. Isn't that funny? Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. 1-300-01-1170. That's the mm -hmm. open line number. We've got Peter on the line at Ingleburn. Wants to have his say. G'day, Pete. Yeah, good morning. Um, just uh, James' comment earlier um, about how you can't punish the Russian athletes. Yes, you can. The more pressure that the world puts on Russia, the more chance that this whole horrible situation that's existing at the moment will stop and I'm not Ukrainian I'm just a little Aussie digger um, you know like the the more pressure that you apply there is more chance maybe not lunatic Putin will do anything but maybe people in his own government will start seeing the pressure that the world's applying that's why Russian athletes were banned at Wimbledon that's why Russia was banned from the Soccer World Cup you know when 
you know, this situation with Russia and Ukraine, this is not a little NRL game down at uh, Parramatta Stadium. This is where women get raped, where people get buried alive, where hospitals get bombed, where little two-year-old babies get murdered. Uh, This is a serious, serious, serious situation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, So, Peter, it's... uh there's a couple of schools of thought on that, isn't there? Um, mm. and, and it's not straightforward. And I don't think we're going to solve it up till 9 o'clock today, right? So, <laughs> um, But it, it's interesting the comparisons there around the boycott, uh, sporting boycotts that the apartheid uh, South Africa had for 20 years, maybe 20-plus years. And, and a big part of that was the international community uh, and it was really interesting the role that Bob Hawke played in in that, the international community and putting pressure on South Africa to change their existing domestic laws because of the way the world viewed it. Uh, and, and a big part of that was sporting sanctions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I completely get Peter's point there. And there, there will always be two schools of thought on that. I just think... Let's say let's say this war goes on and there's it's no showing no signs of slowing down. Let's say it goes on for another five years, mm. and the athletes that are just by chance happen to be around at that time just miss their careers through no fault of their own. Yeah, they don't. If you spoke to any of those athletes, none of them would support that war in Ukraine. Most of them probably don't live in Russia. Yep. Most of them probably haven't even spent that much time there but they're going to be the ones punished. There were infamously rebel tours from Australia, from England, from the West Indies to South Africa at that time. They were being paid 10 times as much as the cricketers representing Australia at the time. Mm. Uh, and, and one of the reasons South Africa wanted to do it was because they had a generational team. They had this, these players, five or six of them, that were the greatest cricketers South Africa's ever seen, but they didn't play any international cricket. Mm. I think there's a guy named Barry Richards, played four test matches. And he was, you know... Sad, isn't it? It's incredible. Incredible. Uh, we better get ourselves to a break. After that, we're back with more. Vossi and Brandy here. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 11.70am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.